peak week is not the time to start talking about what happens afterwards, right? The people who do the best may tend to psychologically suffer the worst. Can we, as coaches, look at the medical aspects of stress versus threat, safety versus threat? What's the goal for your client is to provide a safe, nurturing, fostering, recovery-oriented environment. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klemzeski today with Dr. Jennifer Souders, a physician who has multiple interests. But today, we're going to be talking about post-competition pitfalls. And I have this conundrum, Jen, that I'm going to throw at you first, because as somebody who's worked with thousands and thousands of competitors over what feels like thousands and thousands of years, I now philosophically often wonder, am I explaining too much post-contest? I, I know it's peak week. We're not even there yet, but you know, post-contest, we got to start thinking about this. We got to, and you can get too far ahead and I feel like I could be biasing them, even though I don't prepare them. And maybe I just need to let them organically go through that, feel what they feel, experience what they experience. And those are the two poles I feel pulled between. And in this post-competition, very sensitive area, there are biological stressors. There are psychological stressors, social stressors. So many things are going to happen and I'm somebody who has biology first, just tattooed across my brain. And you as a medical doctor, I know that's going to be a very strong home base for you. And you've done this. You're a world record holding powerlifter. You have competed bodybuilding. So when you see that, that pivot point of your offstage, that anticlimactic experience is settling in, there are tons of physiological processes that are about to happen when you go have that first meal. Tell us what you see as, as areas that we just have to be guarded that can really take us off track. Yeah, these are all really important areas to talk about. First, let me just say, I know from experience and, and working with you together now in the, in the diet doc for several years, that you often try to quote unquote discourage people from competition initially. And what I do want to say is that these, these post comp pitfalls uh, conversations should first be broached in a lot of detail when the person is first deciding mm. this shouldn't come up when they're near the end. This should be, this should be something that they're made fully aware of in advance before they make the decision. Now that doesn't mean they're going to fully comprehend it, right? That, you know, you may have to really reinforce this over time, but this, but, you know, peak week is not the time to start talking about what happens afterwards, right? So peak week, we do need to keep our focus. Having been through it, there is, there's nothing else I can focus on, right? There's just nothing. My world revolves around the next, you know, eight to 10 days and that's it. And everybody else can just go stuff it for a while. So, and what that really is an indication of, as you mentioned, is stress. So what we have is we have multiple stressors, right? And I think the biggest one that is going to change in the post-competition period is the psychological stressor. So um, 
on the one hand, you have this sense of relief, right? You've, you've made it, you've had your competition. I think in many ways, the people who do the best may tend to psychologically suffer the worst um, because someone who, um, who has done really well and is going to go on isn't necessarily as able to kind of and relax and, and let some of that go. So I think the biggest thing to explore here is what do we mean by stress, right? Stress, stress and threat, those are physiological responses to the environment. And so threat is something that our body is programmed to, uh, to detect and we have um, involuntary responses to it, right? One of the biggest factors is inflammation. So when we feel a sense of anxiety, then that's actually really the sense of the, the perceived sense of stress chemicals in your body. Those can accelerate uh, if, into something like anger or rage um, if the stress becomes really high and unmanageable. Um, when it goes even further, it can go down into, you know, so that's fight and flight, right? And then you can go into faint and freeze. So people after competition um, can also get really into that low end, right? They've, if they have a lot of stress and they do, they, then it's not well managed. The thing about stress in the human body is it's highly inflammatory. And I think most coaches, when you look at a stage ready athlete, Joe, did they look like somebody who's a ball of inflammation? No, correct. I mean, I, they're tight. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you just mentioned in terms of that interplay between psychology and biology, interestingly, in this instance, it parallels each other. And, and I, you know, having competed as a pro for almost two decades, uh, it, it is contextual. It, it does depend on the circumstances. Did you win? Did you lose? Did you feel great? Did you, even if you didn't win, did you take a big step forward and you're proud of that? Or were you disappointed? I mean, it really does create a spiral in one direction or the other. So like you said, some people take that big sigh of relief. That was awesome. I did it. Moving on. I have personally encountered some uh, post-contest experiences personally, of course, hundreds of clients where I didn't even know I was feeling that badly, but from that, that sense of, of just anticlimactic, I don't know what to do with myself now. Like I've been so focused on this for six months. What do I do to maybe disappointment where I just felt a depression sense, a downness that I didn't realize was affecting me so much for a while. And, and I see that in other clients where that combination where, you know, you, you don't hear from them for a while, you, you, you know, and you just, you know, they're sinking deeper and deeper into a hole. It typically is that psychological inflammation, as you described, but then the, the biology, you started to eat more. Now you have all this extra oxidation, some weight gain is happening, literal systemic inflammation, C-reactor protein is increasing. That doesn't make you feel good biologically or psychologically, and it just can become a, a spiral that people don't recognize and they're afraid to even reach out and talk to somebody about. Right. And that's really what's, what's kind of the crux of the matter here is I think most 
most clients, certainly um, when I first started, uh, even with my medical training, I didn't really acknowledge the inflammatory nature of the process of competitive training for whatever it was I was doing, whether it was, you know, a golf tournament or a fencing meet or a bodybuilding, you know, whatever. Um, so that has certainly been recognized more, but you are, you're correct through this whole process, we are under stress and threat, and we do need to have um, an acknowledgement that that's going to promote the, the inflammatory cascade. There is no way around it. Your cytokines are going to be elevated and you're going to see that as, um, you know, abnormal responses to psychological inputs. People will have, if they have pain, it, they're going to perceive it uh, at, at more intense levels. So if they're fighting through an injury, they're going to fight more. You know how it's going to affect their leptin and their ghrelin, right? you've got the sleep deprivation, which is partly hormonal, partly stress related. Um, their cortisol cycling for wake and sleep is going to be off because cortisol is going to be high all the time. Right. And so all of these things just continue to raise the inflammatory markers in the system. And then immunity goes down, healing goes down, resilience goes down. Um, so when when those things are going through peak week, the clients who are really well managed um, are really doing as well as anyone can ask because typically their coach is not only physiologically and nutritionally supporting them, but really it's psychologically. It is that the coach is that is that place where the person goes for a sense of safety. So we have within our nervous system, we have you know, the sympathetic nervous system the fight or flight nervous system. And that's the one that's behind all the anxiety, stress, and inflammation. Then we have the counter, which is our parasympathetic system, our downer system, but not in a bad downer way, but, but it's the counterpoint, the rest, the digest, the regenerate, the heal system. And if we find a sense of safety in what can be just simply our social interactions, our social support through our families and through our coaches, um, that can counteract a lot of the stress and the inflammation. And this is where I think the post-competition period could be planned for a little bit better in terms of can we, as coaches, look at the medical aspects of stress versus threat, safety versus threat. What's the goal for your client is to provide a safe, nurturing, fostering, recovery-oriented um, environment, like a person's recovering from a trauma, right? To some extent. And some of these competitions are psychologically traumatic, but no matter whether it's you stress, so it's been good stress and you won or distress because you were completely disappointed and you feel crushed, it's stress. And the counteracting for stress, um, and which is part of our threat detection system is to provide safety. So I think that coaches need to start planning well in advance for how they are going to um, not, not just sort of back off and just kind of let the client kind of rest and figure it out. I think, I think you need to be there for them more than ever. Like you need to be their best friend right afterwards. I'm really glad you concluded with that because you know, I spend at least half my time now coaching coaches, not just working with clients. And it's not the norm, Jen. I mean, I wish it was, and, and I hope coaches with more training do understand this. It's a, it's a two-way street for sure. 
uh, like I said, a lot of clients are just going to kind of hide and shrink back into the, the darkness and they just don't want to talk about it. Other coaches are just on to the next clients competing that week. And it just, you know, sometimes people slip under the, under the rug, you know, they just, they just don't get that attention. And, and it has to be that, that clients are aware of this coaches are aware of it. And me as a coach, I, I reach out, you know, when that contest happens, that's not the end of the road. Now I have that new phase, as you said, where I'm reaching out, Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Let's talk about what to do next. And I'm, I'm really sensitive to the, those things you're describing for that exact reason. Yeah. Is there any reason that the that the programming couldn't have a different paradigm? Whereas, we, you know, we tend to think very intensely about peak week, but shouldn't peak week really maybe be two weeks mm. um, with a with peak week being the week after as well? Just as much contact and oversight. Where's my uh, where's my pad here? You just uh, you just created the next great idea for the diet doc. Be right because now. I think the programming really you know, if it's going to be, if it's going to be a peak week and you're going to invest all that in it, I think you really need to have a post peak week or maybe a post peak couple of weeks where you as the coach may, may benefit the client um, by again, with that sense of safety, but also, you know, really you've been micromanaging everything they put in their mouth the week before, just do it for another week or two. And then also help them to foster a sense of, um, you know, safe places to be. In other words, like if they want to go visit their mom, you know, or this or something like that, um, you know, do those things, things that bring them back into a sense of um, what was what was normal for them pre-contest. Dr. Souders, challenge accepted. I will make that a new industry norm. Just mark my words. That's going to happen. I'm going to start on it today. And uh, as always, thank you for your contribution. It's, it's amazing to have you as a resource and, and such an incredible inspiration and source of education for clients and coaches. So uh, all of you guys who watch Contest Prep University so regularly, we appreciate that. Keep sending us your questions and comments so we can tailor our information toward your needs. And we'll see you next time in Contest Prep University.